The Dugout CEO Podcast is on the air. I'm Phil Van Horn, baseball lifer and fan of the Dugout CEO. Each week, Casey Cavell goes around the horn with baseball superstars, Hall of Fame coaches, and business leaders who've used baseball experience to win the game of life. Now batting, Casey Cavell. about today's show. Today, I am joined by Mike Nutter, who is the president of the Fort Wayne 10 Caps baseball team, minor league affiliate of the San Diego Padres, 2022 minor league executive of the year that was named by Major League Baseball and a 32-year veteran of minor league baseball. Mike, welcome to the Dugout CEO podcast. It is so great to be on with you. I was looking forward to this. I saw it on the calendar this week, and I was excited to get together, see you again, and talk a little baseball. You're a Fort Wayne guy, 10 caps, amazing, all kinds of records in attendance, and so glad to have you on the show to just teach Dugout Nation some of the things that you're doing in running the Fort Wayne 10 caps because it's amazing to see your success. So thanks for being here. Before we get into the 10 caps and what you're doing over there, how did you fall in love with the game? Great question. So I, I did fall in love with the game at an early age. I was born in Akron, Ohio, into a huge sports family. Cleveland Indians, you can say, because that's what it was at the time. Guardians was our team. My dad was in business, really successful. He was blessed and fortunate. He was able to retire at 50 years old. But for us, a lot of family trips were to go to spring trading and things like that. And then he got moved to the California Bay Area. So I moved from Northwest Ohio, a town of 3,000, to the San Francisco Bay Area. And as a part of his job, he was responsible for the season tickets for his company at the time. And the five years that we lived in the Bay Area, the Oakland A's were in the playoffs, all of them. And they had four rookies of the year in a row. And a lot of those guys lived in our town. And so literally, spring break for us was to go to the Phoenix area and watch the A's or Cleveland or any of those kinds of things. One of his other transfers was to the Chicagoland area. He sold meat for anybody that wonders or cares. We lived all over this country. And we joke, I think in year 32, I finally sold more hot dogs than my dad did during his career. But they they moved to a town in the Chicago suburbs. The Kane County Cougars were out there. We were an Orioles team and a Marlins team. Casey, I fell in love with it. I was going to Bowling Green State University. I thought I'd work in sports. I thought I'd work in the NBA. And here we are. I turned the big 5-0 this past October. And this is my 32nd year working in minor league ball. I loved it as a kid. Was not a great player or anything like that? I'm not one of those that the older I get, the better I was. But loved the game. Loved the game back then as a fan. My dad told a really cool story in our wedding. He was my best man. And he said, my sister's the oldest. She grew up playing doctor and all that kind of stuff. She graduated from Vanderbilt Medical School. My brother broke every Tonka truck in the world. And he graduated from construction management. And he said, I would read the box scores and listen to the Indians on some transistor radio every night falling asleep. So love the game. Still love it after all these years. And it's neat. My son and daughter work here as college and high school jobs, and it's neat to see them grow up around the game I love. So before we get into what you do now, so were you like a Canseco or Maguire fan, or who was your guy back then? Big time. 
So uh, both those guys were around the area. I didn't know as much now then as I did now. Jose, I got a funny story I should probably tell off here sometime, but uh, we got in a little car race with him one day going to a game, and it was just funny stuff. I mean, but they were around our area. Jose was obviously the bad boy of the group, and he had some run-ins with the law, and most of those were in our town of Danville or San Ramon, California, and so just loved it. It was neat to see it and to grow up around that kind of stuff. Really, really was. Super cool. Well, getting into the business side of things, executive of the year, right? Minor league executive of the year. You got a team, the Fort Wayne 10 Caps, they are leading, I think, the world in attendance. I've been to multiple games. I actually got my wedding pictures taken at your guys' field. You probably didn't right. but wow. put the check in the mail for that, by the way. I don't know if you've got that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So how'd you do it? How'd you become this executive that's leading this great kind of franchise and team here? Talk to me about that path and that journey. Yeah, so with the Kane County Cougars way back in 1992, probably before you were born, that's when I started with those guys. And just, I, I know it's so cliche, but I fell in love. And my mentor pulled me aside and said, if you'll give me a couple years, we'll try and teach you everything. Not like arrogantly, like I learned everything or he could, but it was like in the four summers I worked for the Kane County Cougars, six of us went on to be general managers. So that says a lot more about Bill Larson, our mentor, and what he taught us. And again, I just sounds like parroting 101 or a young coach here, but like he taught us it was okay to fail. He taught, like it was okay. Like if you failed under the right terms because you were trying a new promotion or you were trying something, he was good with all of it. He wasn't good with failing in terms of effort or things like that. But if your intentions were right, he just taught us so much. And so four summers there one summer was literally on the operations crew like cleaning trash and cleaning the ballpark probably made me appreciate a clean ballpark a lot more another year was in concessions another year was on the grounds crew and then the final of the four years he finally unleashed me and let me do sales and absolutely loved it and so i was sure i was going to work my whole career with the kane county cougars uh sure enough bowling green state university said that's really great but you have to do your two internships at two different places. I was one of those strong-willed 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds, so I appealed, and they said, great, thanks for your appeal. It's a no. I said, can I do anything else? Long story short, I worked for a year with the Florida Marlins, and then Nashville, Tennessee for three years, and then I moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana in October of 99. Casey, I was sure I'd be here a couple years because it was a more transient business then. If you wanted to move up, you had to move. And God's plan has always been so much better than my plan. And 20 some years later, I'm still here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, get to help captain the ship at Parkview Field, where front offices in the course of my career have gone from eight to 10 people to 30 people with this one and so many non-baseball events that fill this venue. It's really, really changed. You know, we can talk, you you know this industry and you have great questions, but like literally one year I was working for the Cougars, Dan Rather back in the day on CBS News did one of these Eye on America minor league baseball and it's booming. And would you believe this team in somewhere Northern California sold for zero dollars, but they had to take the debt, which, you know, might've been a million dollars, who knows, you know, back then. But my point is, 
teams just didn't trade. Even the history of our franchise, a guy bought it from Kenosha, Wisconsin for a million dollars, moved it to Fort Wayne, Indiana, sold it to a guy for $5 million, and everybody thought he took the other guy to the cleaners, sold it to my current owner for a number higher than that. They thought my guy got taken to the cleaners. And, you know, we had a team in this league sell a couple of years ago for a reported number of, you know, like $15, $20 million. So the business side of it has sure changed as well. So have, how have you turned it specifically? You know, you're the general manager, right? You're, you're kind of overseeing the business. What makes your experience not better than everybody else, but it is a pretty cool experience. And I've been to a lot of minor league ballparks and even MLB ballparks. And your guys' experience is amazing. What is it specifically that you've done, you think, to create such a great environment? One, I appreciate the compliment. Two, I, I, I think, again, I'm going to say stuff that might sound cliched to people, but the customer service stuff is really, uh, there's a lot of touch points. And so we train our people as much as you can. Over the course of a summer, at a minor league ballpark of ours, a Padre team at the high A level, we'll have four to 500 people come through here, part-time staff. The reality is that person working the beer cart is going to interact with just as many or more people as me. And so there's a lot of stuff. Another thing is we take pride. It's one of the cleanest ballparks you can ever go to. The, the restrooms are immaculate. The women's restrooms have incredible flooring that we just put in where people care about those small attention to detail. There's a guy that's been in baseball for a long time, actually was with the Oakland A's way back when we were just telling those stories. But Sandy Alderson, I think he might still be with the Mets as like a team president or something, but he's been a general manager for teams. Sandy taught us a thing when we were a Padres affiliate. He came in, incredible decorated career, and I believe the military and like law and baseball, like just a tremendous guy. He would be a guy if you could get him on your thing would just wow the people and he might do it and he would tell us Mike, the experience starts when they turn the car over in their garage and it's like yeah okay and i'm telling you casey this guy's level of detail of like if you don't have clear ingress and egress they're already ticked off by the time they get to the parking if you don't have this if you show someone a menu and they walk up I have this knack. If I order something at a menu, half the time they're out at a restaurant. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, we just sold out of that. And fans just, so we try and really kill the attention to detail. And then one thing that's very important to us is we're here in the heartland. So we're here in northern Indiana. We love goofy promotions. We love silly stuff. We don't do a lot of the edgy stuff. I want it to be a place, one of the best compliments I've gotten in my career is my sister, who I just love dearly. She's a few years older. I better say a couple years older than I am in case she sees this. She sent me a text one time after coming to a game. They live in Florida, so they're not up here a lot. And she said, that would be the kind of place that I would want to bring my girls and raise them around there. And so you feel good about that stuff. Then the last two things, the ballpark is special. The city of Fort Wayne did it right. And then we have this unique ability the Comets are the highest-growing minor league hockey team in the country. They're local hockey for the people that didn't know that. And we do very well. So you might walk down the street or you might be in our game tonight and somebody's wearing Reds and Cubs and Guardians and White Sox and Tigers and probably Cardinals, hopefully Padres. But everybody likes the tin caps like on the minor league level. So it's a really cool 
minor league sports market. And that's that's real. So I hear customer experience. Yeah. It feels the older I get, the worse the customer experience gets in any business. I walked into Chipotle the other day. The dining room was closed. You had an order on your app, which I get. They're trying to make it more efficient. But I'm like, this isn't a great customer experience. I have to eat my food out in the car. In businesses in general, it just feels like they're almost focused on getting the next customer versus serving their current customer. Because I'm a big believer, if you take care of your current customer or your current client, they're going to tell somebody else. Why is it that the customer experience level, whether they're at a fan of a baseball team or they're a company, it just doesn't seem like it's where it used to be? I agree 100%. And I think it's the economics of it. So coming out of COVID, we got caught in the middle. No question about it. What does that mean? We joke that it used to be for high school kids, college kids coming back home, that they loved working here. I mean, hundreds of kids this summer, it'll be the first job they've ever had or the third year here of the first job or only job they've ever had. But Casey, pre-COVID, we weren't, we weren't cheap, but we were paying, you know, eight, nine, ten bucks an hour because we could get, not an unlimited, but we had a good pool of young men and women retirees, teachers, all the right people. And then COVID happened. And then we came out of COVID. We had no idea, man, like that. We Nobody knew anything. We lost a full year. And then coming out, I was probably the genius that thought, yeah, we can pay him the same. Laughable now, right? But you got to pivot. You got to adapt so fast. And so we're trying to bring people in in the 2021 season at nine nine fifty an hour again numbers that somebody might watch this and cringe now and we joked you named chipotle walmart mcdonald's target maybe they always wanted to work at the ballpark instead of there until they started 15 to 20 an hour then the cool factor didn't matter so that year we pivoted right away and said it's, that's not enough i think we went to 1275 or 13 we did a pooling thing last year people watching this you know, when you go to a restaurant, do I want a tip? I don't, I just walk up to the counter. They're just making a sub, like that kind of stuff. So we're as low pressure as you can be. But I would say the average young, the average person working in our ballpark is probably now 15 to 18 bucks an hour. And so now that we're paying more, again, we love our crew, but you can be a little more care choosy. If, if it's not working for us, with an employee, we're not as desperate now. And then the last thing I'd tell you is we hired a full-time employee. Casey, this young lady, Brenda Feesby, she's the most positive person I've been around in my entire career. I keep waiting for her to have a bad day, and she hasn't in a couple of years. She is the go-between between the front office and these game day people. She's meeting them all tonight when they clock in, telling them, hey, it's White Claw Wednesday, it's paws and claws. 250 dogs are going to be out here tonight. White claws are on special. Go be minor league stuff. But the people, now the hourly people, feel like we care. And we always did, but we must not have done a great job of communicating that. Like, I'll accept that. We're not, we're not perfect. And now it's like, hey, can we dress up on Star Wars night? And can we do this? The part-time people. And they're viewing it as like, man, these front office people care. Yeah, you're touching more employees than I'm going to. 
So you care for your people, you make it fun, you teach them something and you pay them well. And that's really good. And, you know, I did some consulting back in the day and a gentleman had a storage company and I cold called his business and I pretended I was a customer and I was just blown away with how they handle that conversation. And it was nowhere near the level it needed to be, especially yeah. for a multi-million dollar business that this person was running. Everything that this guy did was to get somebody to call this company. I mean, that and was, now when they did, when I hit the bar. Yeah. And that was the first experience. And one, he probably was underpaying that person. Two, he was probably focused on doing other things rather than empowering that person. But I kept thinking, I go, you got this nice, pretty, brand new Corvette sitting in your garage. And it felt like he was giving the keys to his 15-year-old daughter that just got it, her driver's permit. And I see so many business owners, they, they don't pay people enough and they don't empower them and train them. And that's what I'm hearing from you. It's like pay people more so you can get better people, make it fun, but also empower them. I love what you said about the empower. I, 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 I try and stay pretty even keel. I, I, I stress too much about the radar because, you know, we make some money out based on the weather and do you play and all those kinds of things. But a couple of years ago, I heard of a full-time staff member that was great. It was absolutely great. But I kept, I'd heard two to four times that below my pay grade. That's above my pay grade. Casey, man, I just cringed. I cringed, hopefully not with anger the first couple of times, but then I called everybody together and just said, there, there is nothing. There is, this, this is all of us. My name got on a, a fancy plaque, and that's awesome. But, like, this is all of us. It's not my show, and so you're empowered. And so I went away years ago when my son played in Cooperstown growing up like a lot of young boys do, and we went out there and spent the week in the dorms and loved it. And the day I came back, this same young man, again, talented young guy, but he's waiting at my door. Literally, I've been gone for a week, and I walk in, and it's like, hey, what do I do about this, this, and this? Okay, let's walk through it. But what would you have done yesterday if I wasn't here? Well, I would have done this, A, B, and C. Great. Go do it. And so we know that personalities are different. And you're consulting. You would have met hands-on micromanagers. You would have met hands-off, hand the keys to that vet, to that 15-year-old in that hypothetical analogy. But like, it's like, no, no, like, I don't want to micromanage you, but at the same time, like, you're empowered. I'm going to screw more up this year, back to my mentor, Bill Larson, because we're empowered to make some decisions. And But some people's, maybe you saw it in the, in the consulting, some people's personalities, there's a lot of one or the other. I want to make every decision here, or I don't want to make any. I'll be an order taker, and you just tell me. And it's like, no, well, you're a full-time member of this front office. You're here because you're smart and valuable and great at what you do make a call i like that and you're empowering people to be a solution to their own problem rather than hey here's a problem what would you do it's yeah. oh, here's a problem mike but this is my potential solution can i go ahead and do it yeah exactly right don't just come in here and don't yeah right. i see so many people do that why do you think that is why do people hey this is a problem or this is an issue but they're not proactively solving these problems, they're just talking about them rather than putting a solution in place to actually fix it. Yeah, either confidence maybe, or just, man, I hope it isn't the case that anybody you work with or anybody here, but like, 
well, somebody else will do it. You know, like somebody else will figure this out. I think a lot of us, you know, I don't know all my attributes, but one of them, I'm a pretty good fixer of stuff. The guy in the office next door, Brent Harry, he's our director of group sales. And he'll, he has a line and he laughs about it, but nobody circles the wagons like the Fort Wayne tin caps. Like if we screw something up or, or we, we want to be held accountable because then people care. And again, if we don't deliver tonight, do we ever hear about that? Well, no, not if I'm in here hiding behind my desk. And so we tell people, honest to goodness, this is not an embellishment. You and I are filming this, you know, in the first couple of weeks of May. This morning, I got an email. The true story, I wouldn't be able to make this up. I got an email, and it said last night's game. My first reaction when that came over, because I can be like that of, like, not judgmental of my coworkers, but, like, or myself, but, like, well, what's this one going to be? Casey, it was a lady blew a tire by hitting a curve across the street from the ballpark. Okay, that's the first line. Dave L. is the next line. He's our VP of sponsorship sales. Stopped and said, is there something wrong? This is after the game. We've all put in 15 hours and you're ready to be home. As sure as you and I are sitting here today, she named four employees, our VP, our guy that runs the cleaning crew, and two part-time people that work a concession stand here that all stopped, jacked the car up, changed the tire, made sure she was fine, offered her a ride, I got one of the most glowing emails of my career this morning, and I wasn't even involved in it. And this lady said, I can tell your people care, and in 2023, it would be a lot easier to look the other way or just look into your phone, I can be accused of that, or just keep walking. And I shared it with our owner, I shared it with everybody here, I shared it with our head of HR, and I said, when those that young man and women check in tonight on the part-time crew, I want to meet them. Because they're high school kids. And so, you know, a lot of times in our media, you only hear the negative sometimes. I, I shouldn't over-stereotype like that. But, like, this was just so good. And it's back to that a young woman walking up saying, I've got a jack in my trunk. Can I help? Man, I just love it. You know, not my, my faith in humanity was not ever, you know, a life support or anything. But there's a lot of great young men and women out there. We're trying to empower them. We're trying to teach them skills. And maybe we'll be doing this long enough where someday somebody will walk in and, hey, my mom worked here, or, you know, one of those types of deals. It's a lot more than just baseball. Those high school kids, they need to run for politics because I, I think they can solve some real big problems that we're facing as a country. Because, I mean, Mike, when I was 18, 17 years old, I was laughing at my buddy if his tire busted out. And I'm going to chase yeah. girls or go hit more beef yeah, no or whatever. Doubt. Like it's just well, a see you later. I'll be running here. <laughs> but you're hiring people that these are people that are servant leaders, and then that's that's super cool. I, I haven't heard a better story in a long time than that. That's really cool because you're right. It's like you get that email and you're thinking, oh crap, what happened? Who messed yeah. up? What's broken? That's really cool. I'm gonna send you off air the thing because it was just it was so cool. And the lady's like, I can't wait to come back to the stand they work in and buy a hot dog from them and all this cool stuff. And it was like. They didn't know who she was. I've never met her. She had a group out last night in one of our high-end areas. And it's like, what are the odds? Otherwise, they just keep walking. Somebody else will fix it, right? Somebody else will fix it. Maybe not. I think it, I know where you're at. I see the, I see the signs behind you. 
with the Turn 2 Ministries and the legacy, you know, there might be some good Samaritan stuff in that story of who's walking by versus who's stopping to help. So good. What advice would you have, you know, when you were starting your career 20 or so years ago that you're like, you know what, I've learned this over the last 20 years. Any swing and a miss where it's like, hey, if I could have done this differently, where you're like, hey, you know what? This was a big lesson that I learned that you would maybe want to share with our audience because pretty much everybody listening to this is a leader. They're a coach. They're a business owner. What would you give us? I was pretty self-absorbed for a long time in this industry. I was hypocritical, hopefully not like rude or nasty or mean or anything like that, but like judgmental. Man, I, I was worried about the next sale, the next this, the next fill in the blank at the expense of relationships. I didn't know it at the time. You know what I mean? Like I was that robust, you go getter, young sales guy, like we can do this. But looking back, man, I actually a handful of years ago, I reached out to some people and, and let them know that I loved working with them, that if I had a chance to do some things differently, most of them didn't even remember anything. They weren't like knock down, drag out things. But man, I was very self-absorbed, arrogant, selfish, the next sale, we'll just do this. We were making commission back then. We had no money, you know what I mean, as a kid coming out of college and and just, uh, we're all, you know, I'm a sinner saved by God's grace, but uh, I like the human being that I am over the last several years a lot more. And as cliche as it is, it just feels like as we pour back into coworkers and other people, it's return. I don't mean return for me, but now there's a couple guys that I've been able to work with that are now general managers running clubs. I take no credit for that, but hopefully they learn stuff here along the way and that kind of thing. And how, so good. How do you, how does one realize they are self-absorbed where it's more about self than others? How does somebody know, Hey, I'm listening. Well, it took me a long time. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but when you look back, it's just kind of like, Man, I was only worried about me so often or could tell somebody else, be judgmental or gossipy or whatever it would have been when I was a lot younger about, can you believe they did this? Well, I was doing the same, maybe not the same thing, but the same thing, if I'm being honest. And so it was just kind of like, what are we doing? Like, we're all in this together. Sports is not the easiest industry to work in. We've gotten way better with being a, a conscious and acknowledging of physical and mental health. Now we require days off. When I worked for maybe 10 years and didn't miss a game, when I think of that now, Casey, it's more sad than anything. Because it's like, don't we all need to be fresh and develop that next group of leaders? So if I'm not here for a couple games, man, maybe the staff likes it just as much as I did. But I, I just determined that for me, and hopefully I got a lot of years left in minor league baseball, but it's probably been about 10 years now. I was putting stuff ahead of the, it's hard to say, but ahead of my family and ahead of, you know, other things. And it was just like, what am I doing? Like, what really matters? And it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of the stuff that I was given a lot of time to. Mike, I appreciate your transparency there. It's awesome. Yeah, and. I know people are going to be blessed by our time today. You're an all-star. So thanks for making time and being a guest on the Out CEO. Now, real quick, you're in Fort Wayne. Obviously, they know where to find you, get to the ballpark. But anything else you're kind of working on now? And how would somebody get to know you and uh, connect with you? 
Yeah, so, you know, on the social media stuff, the name I've had for a long, long time is Minor League Nut for my last name, Nutter. So it's two T's or LinkedIn. We love meeting people through those forums. If somebody's at a game, I'm at most games. They want to stop by gift services and say, hey, you know, I, I saw Mike and Casey chat and I'd love to come by and meet them and just say hello because their heart's probably where ours is. How do we, the iron sharpens iron. How can I, can I pick something out of this podcast or this thing to learn? And so we'd love to connect with them. We'd love to see people at a game and everything really starts at tincaps.com if they want to go there. Awesome, Mike. Well, thanks again for being a guest on the Dugout CEO podcast. Thanks so much. Dugout Nation, wow, Mike Nutter, the Minor League Executive of the Year, Superstar President of the Four Wayne Ten Caps. So many amazing tips and related stories that Mike shared with us today. Here are the big three takeaways that I learned from Mike Nutter. Number one, focus on the customer experience. Train your team to pay attention to the details. Anything that could create a better experience for the client or customer matters. Make it easy, fun, and rewarding to do business with you. People have other choices on where to spend their time and where to spend their money. Make it an easy decision on doing business with you. Number two, bring solutions to problems. The world today, we often don't empower people to be a solution to their own problem. We must ask people, what are the real issues and allow people to come to the table to solutions to the problem they see? Most people, they whine or complain or think about, all right, well, who else is going to fix it? But you are the solution to your own problems. Teach your team to be great at identifying problems and bringing solutions to the table. People, they're either part of the problem or part of the solution. Create a solution-based culture. Number three, put in your dues. Things don't happen as quickly as you want them to and won't always work out to plan, but it's part of the plan. Learn all aspects of a business. If you want to be the top of any organization or company, you need to learn how the business really works. Operations, sales, marketing. If you want to be at the top, start at the bottom. Don't be too high and mighty to dive down, look deep into your organization in every aspect and figure out what can be better. Don't sit up there in the owner's suite. Get down with the people, the customers. Observe what's happening and that will inform you on how to build a better business. Thank you for joining us once more for another episode of The Dugout CEO. We want to get you the tips you need to become an MVP at what you do. Sign up for our Friday Focus newsletter and you'll receive a valuable tip each Friday morning to help you build the business and life you want. You can sign up by going to CaseyCavell.com or click the link in the show notes. And make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get notification on our next episode. And one way you can help us book more great guests like this is to please leave us a rating and honest review in the Apple or Spotify podcasting app.